8.46, Science and Technology Now with Mark Zastro, science journalist here in the studio. Good morning. Good morning, Alex. We're going to talk about uh, a CRISPR study casting doubt on its safety, self-driving cars moving closer to the racetrack even with a run at the famous Goodwood Hill Climb. But first, mysterious crop markings in Wales. Are you going to tell us aliens exist now? Uh, no. No, spoiler no. alert, no aliens involved in this story. But, but, and here's another spoiler, I know at least a little bit about this story, that it actually tells us more about ancient settlements, which, honestly, I find potentially even more interesting. It is really fascinating. Uh, yeah, it, as, uh, as you may have seen, Wales, like many parts of the world over the past few weeks, has been in the grips of a heat wave. And as the fields and the countryside have dried out and turned brown, these crop marks have appeared on the landscape. So there are these shapes and lines, some where uh, the vegetation is still green, where the grass is much healthier, some where it's dried out more. But these shapes in the field, historians say, are actually the remnants of ancient civilization. So Iron Age settlements and Roman fortifications from thousands of years ago. And they're the outlines of, of structures that have long been long since been buried in the ground. So things like ramparts, farmsteads, uh, medieval castle mounds. And historians are now racing to take aerial photographs of these markings before it rains again and they disappear. A lot of these uh, forts or settlements have never been discovered before. And in a lot of cases, you can actually you can basically ma- map out entire settlements. Uh, you see the outlines of different plots of farmland next to each other, just all outlined in the fields. So how do these crop marks actually form? Well, so it's caused by the fact that the crops grow better when they have more soil beneath them to draw moisture and nutrients from. So wherever you see the the darker, healthier green lines, a long time ago, that was probably a ditch. Maybe it was for irrigation or to outline the perimeter of a farm. Maybe it was a, a, a ditch to protect a military building. And over time, as that ditch was filled in, there was more soil inside it. Uh, on the other hand, when you have some of the crop markings where uh, the shape is drier than the rest, uh, then there was probably a wall and that was buried beneath it. So now those stones are taking up the space and there's not as much moisture available. So uh, the crops or the grass is not, are not as healthy. So as the landscape has you know, dried out in this heat wave, these differences in crop growth are getting accentuated. So you wind up seeing these shapes emerge. I, I agree with you. It's really pretty cool and fa- uh, really fascinating. Uh, a look into you know, other civilizations, maybe not alien civilizations, but uh, our own. But past British civilizations are almost alien to us because mm-hmm. the nature of the Roman invasion, if you like, and then subsequent uh, invasions by various other peoples from Anglo-Saxons to, of course, Vikings and so on, uh, ha- have almost extinguished some of the legacy of the uh, the ancient Britons, who, mm. who didn't really mm-hmm. leave a, a written record, but the, right. their, their, um, their culture was somewhat squashed. Anyway, let's move on to uh, gene editing. A study published just hours ago warns that the CRISPR method of gene editing may not be as safe as we'd thought and could lead to damaged DNA. This is a huge blow, this story, to hopes that CRISPR could be about to intervene and, and save a lot of lives. 
It is a it is a significant a significant study. I don't want to say it's it's absolutely crushing to CRISPR. You know, obviously there will be more research, uh, but this study is raising new doubts that uh, it may not be as safe. There may be a greater risk associated with it than we thought. CRISPR is, of course, this tool that allows scientists to very precisely. Uh, uh, ideally, cut and paste snippets of DNA. So, uh, in principle, you can edit out edit out harmful mutations individually, or you know, reprogram cells to function in different ways. Which offers hope for just about every horrifying disease out there. Right. Just last week, I mean, we saw uh, CRISPR being used in uh, immunotherapy, which you know could be used to fight cancer diseases like HIV. But according to this new study, which was just published in Nature Biotechnology, uh, the CRISPR technique can lead to a lot more genetic errors in the process than we had previously thought. Essentially, as these proteins, you know, snip out the parts of the DNA, try to put them back together, it can get some of the letters wrong. And so maybe instead of snipping out a tiny bit, uh, you can wind up actually deleting or overwriting entire chunks of DNA, sometimes hundreds or thousands of letters long. Uh, which include mutations that could potentially cause cancer in patients down the line. So yes, this could potentially be a stumbling block for the safety of future treatments. Is there a space for analogy here, though, that we're we're trying to uh, chop a piece of uh, meat or a vegetable with a chainsaw, and we need to perhaps just have a more refined technique rather than saying that the whole thing is uh, out of the uh, window. Yeah, that's actually a really good analogy because there are several techniques that are being developed now that are trying to be even more precise than CRISPR currently is that don't involve actually severing the DNA, which is what causes all this genetic chaos to occur. So, uh, you know, this is definitely a topic that people are aware of. I mean, we already knew that the CRISPR process is not 100% perfect in its current form. You know, we have always been working towards trying to make it more accurate. Um, you know, it's it's not like this was something that we suddenly, you know, learned about was a problem today. But it is a wake-up call. That's what the researchers are, are calling it. And we're already seeing CRISPR stocks get hit hard. A few publicly traded companies in the U.S., uh, like CRISPR Therapeutics, are closing down anywhere from 7 to 10%. But as you say, we will have to wait and see whether more studies back this one up and whether uh, more refined techniques can overcome some of these issues. Well, I hope it's not long before we can really start seeing some form of CRISPR, a more refined form, in testing, because I'm sure there are a lot of people uh, who, who have tried all other options who would be worth or who would think it's worth giving it a go. Mm-hmm. Let's finish, though, with the latest in the world of self-driving cars. Over the weekend, the legendary Goodwood Hill climb took place. It's in a beautiful spot south of London. It features some of the fastest and most beautiful cars in the world, from historic sports cars, even to current Formula One cars, on a very narrow track, which is just sensational in itself. Mm-hmm. But uh, this year, for the first time, the event saw autonomous cars. That's right. The experimental self-driving electric race car called Robo Race uh, successfully became the first autonomous car to run at Goodwood, uh, completing the 1.86-kilometer course up the hill multiple times, one, one time each day. Of course, hill climbs are time trial events, so it, as you say, it's an incredibly narrow track. It's not running at the same time with other cars. Uh, but in the next couple of years, a whole series of Robo Race cars will be holding races 
at Formula E events, which is the electric open wheel series. And their hope is that just as auto manufacturers compete in current racing series, uh, they'll also want to compete in robo-race. And maybe not just car makers, but also tech firms that want to you know, develop AIs that can uh, drive cars and show off those capabilities. How quick was the car? Well, so the run that I saw posted online, it was about, I mean, I timed it myself. It was about 1 minute 15 seconds, uh, which works out to be an average speed of about 100 kilometers an hour over that course. You know, so for comparison, the, the winning shootout time was 41.6 seconds, uh, which was set by Roman Dumas in the electric Volkswagen IDR, which is, I don't know if you saw, but it's that incredible electric prototype that won the Pikes Peak Hill Climb in Colorado last month. So obviously, RoboRace was a, a good deal slower, but the team that's developing it said they weren't aiming for speed. They were really more aiming for consistency. They programmed the car to be conservative, limit itself to a top speed of only 120 kilometers an hour. And if you watch the video, you can see you know the cars uh, breaking well before corners, taking them very gingerly, not really pushing the limit of the car. Well, just like in other areas, this probably opens up a debate uh, among drivers uh, where, where the art of driving ends and uh, mm. and the sort of technique begins of, of of something that could be programmed into a robotic uh, kind of form right but i think what's kind of interesting is that it shows just how far self-driving cars still have to go and i think it's a tribute honestly to humans when you watch how gingerly the car uh takes these corners it really makes you appreciate just what a complex thing it is that racing drivers do uh to take in all the sensory input their their vision their their uh their hearing, the, you know, just the, the seat of the pants feel of the car, and just what an incredibly complex uh, thing that is to simulate or to replicate in an AI. You know, it's, it, to me, it points out the limitations of AI in their current forms. Indeed, it seems that way. And, and probably for racing fans, and I know you're among them, it's that human element that makes it so fascinating. Otherwise, we'd be happy to watch um, remote control cars racing around uh, effectively. Right. Yeah, well, without even a human at the radio. Without even right? a human at the radio. But yeah. even then, I mean, it, taking the human out of the wheel, it just, yeah, removes some of the magic, yeah. as well as the danger. Yeah, that's that's also true. I, th I still I still think it's fascinating, though. And I'll yeah. Be interesting, interested to see how quickly they can develop. And in fact, you know, it's at, at motorsport level where we see a lot of uh, car technology emerge. And, and if it filters down into self-driving car generally for the masses, then then great. Mark Zastro, thank you very much. Good to have you here. Thank you, Alex.